What's up guys, David here and welcome to the FitPro Daily. On this week's it What's up guys, David here and welcome to the FitPro Daily. Another week means another guest interview and this week we have a returning guest. We have Steve coming on to share a little bit more about creative impact. Last time he was on to share a little bit more about video, but this time he's coming on to share a little bit more about content, how to generate leads from creating great content, great graphics, great videos, and much more to really help grow your fitness business. But before I do dive into this week's guest interview, if you haven't already joined us inside our free Facebook group, head over to Facebook, search for FitPro Legion with Dave, request to join and get access to even more guides, downloads, guest interviews, and much, much more. Anyway, let's dive into this week's guest interview. Afternoon guys, David here and welcome to the FitPro Daily. This week we have a, another returning guest all the way from sunny Liverpool, I'm guessing it is. Uh, well, yeah, near, near Liverpool. Close Steve, welcome back. How are things? Yeah, good mate, good. Uh, busy, busy. Uh, like how we like it. Good. So for anybody that doesn't know, the last time uh, we had Steve on, uh, Everton were actually doing okay. <laughs> yeah. And now yeah. he's come on and Everton are doing absolutely terrible. I'm, I'm hoping it's going to bring us a bit of good fortune. <laughs> yeah, hopefully now we'll start winning a few more games and we'll get back, get <laughs> yeah. back to uh, moving up the table. Anyway, um, yeah, so I think last time we came on we were talking about videos and kind of different stuff, but now we're going to talk about creative impact. Yes. Hopefully we do dive into it and ask what does creative impact even mean? Who, so, who, so, yeah. who are you first, though? Who are you and why should we listen to you? So, yeah, so basically there's, like, some common issues that I was finding with coaches, creatives, business owners, consultants, and a big trap that they were falling into was um, they were kind of just getting into this habit of either there was one or two things going on, so there was either they weren't putting out content at all um, or very, very sporadic content, or... They were throwing out content every single day just for the sake of it, which is having little to no impact. Um, and over time, I've, I've worked with hundreds of different people now. It's literally been, um, like, for me, like, scouting around in the dark, like, looking for, like, these pieces that I can put together. Uh, and it wasn't, like, one thing in which, well, what I found, it wasn't one thing that could, like, make a creative impact through content. So whether that be for the coach themselves in the businesses, whether that be, you know, generating more leads, whether it be making more sales, whether it be people engaging with the content, starting conversations online, uh, or for the actual client themselves who weren't getting the message, they were confused by the message that these coaches were talking about. And it was just all kind of getting lost in translation. And what I was coming across was like tons and tons of frustrated like, you know, again, fitness professionals, uh, coaches, business owners, and then they kind of got to the point that where they were like, I can't be bothered with all this content stuff. I can't be bothered with social media. It's not getting me the returns on it that I need. And that became a big issue. And it was something that I was really passionate about in creating creative impact because that was me. Like, like it's that whole, it's not the hero, I don't like the hero's journey thing, but it's like 
that was me three, four years ago who was confused with content, didn't want to put put out stuff on social media, didn't want to speak on video. So what I wanted to do was create like a, a, a course in which, or a package that I could put together in quite a short space of time, deliver it in a short space of time, where people could literally go from figuring out who their best clients were, who their audience were, where to find them online, and build out that content journey right the way through to getting more leads into the business, getting more sales into the business. What does the content look like after sale versus pre-sale? Uh, and that's what we've built out, and it's it's turned into a bit of a monster, to be fair, Dave. So what what does the ideal client phrase actually mean, and what is what, what you're on about with that, then? So, so have you ever heard the saying that when you're speaking to everyone, you're speaking to no one? And basically what happens is... Uh, You've got this, like, with with the ideal client, what, you, what you're basically looking for is a very specific person with a very specific problem who you can solve that problem for through your services. So when you're speaking to literally everyone, and when I say everyone, it's literally anyone who would have the slight possibility of paying you any money. It's like, what happens is uh, your message just gets lost in the sea of confusion because that person who really does need your help doesn't quite know if you're the right person for them, they don't know if your service is right for them. But when you're actually speaking very specifically, like you do in your business, you've nailed it. Like Fitbro Legion, it's pretty clear there who your ideal clients are. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and what you do for them. But not a lot of people do that. It's like, you take weight loss, in it, weight loss as, a, as an example, looking at it and going, I help everyone lose weight. Okay, well, I've got a guy over here who's, who's helping a very specific audience, whether it be like, let's say, postnatal women who looking to lose their weight. That's a little bit more specific, and then you can sort of layer it down to a lot more specific audience, which actually helps grow your audience in turn, and obviously leads to more sales and busier business. Yeah, and it's 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 such a valid point as well. Like you say, if you just say I help people lose weight, so you're just basically a, a, a just like a GP. You just go to a GP when you have any sort of issue at all. But like if you've broken your elbow or broken the bone or something, you don't go to your local GP. You go to somebody yeah, yeah, yeah. fix yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, one, I mean, one thing that I really sort of learned and, and really sort of honed in on myself was a lot of these sort of issues, when people do like ideal client work and they figure out who exactly it is they want to speak to, the people who do need the help sometimes don't even know that they've got the problem. They, like sometimes they're just unaware of it. So someone could just be plodding around in day-to-day -day life thinking, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. But psychologically, you need to kind of get into that headspace and get into that mindset. Because if you're not going to do that, you're not going to relate to that person and that person is not going to engage with your stuff. And ultimately, down the line, however long that is, whether it be a week, whether it be 10 weeks, they're not going to buy into your business. And all of a sudden, you're basically six months down the line and your lead, your leads are dried up, your sales are dried up, and and nothing's really happening. And you figure, and you're thinking, I'm really good at what I do, but I'm not getting any clients through the door. And it's because you haven't become specific enough. And I've been through that with Stu, my old mentor, Stu McKenzie, and I've done that with him through sales and marketing mentors and all different kind of things. And until you nail that, you can't really do anything. And literally, when it comes to social media content, there's no point in putting out content. There's literally no point unless you're speaking to that person. You're literally just creating for the sake of it. It's wasting your time. 
Yeah, and that's like say because we move on to content next. But I think that is a, that is a key point with your content that you're putting out. You don't want to like confuse them either. I'm guessing because yeah. I'm guessing if you're putting about you wanting to gain serious muscles for your holiday in Ibiza, get your help ladies going through their menopause feel better and just have yeah. a general better lifestyle and you're posting about both it's kind of confusing people a little, yeah. yeah like if you're if you're the creator and you're the business owner really what you want to be doing with your audience is literally directing them into one single place and that one single place is ultimately your offer your main offer uh, because that's the offer that's going to solve that problem for them um, and obviously that's behind the paywall but you don't lead them to that paywall unless you've nailed that work unless you get really really specific and do the work and yeah it's a bit boring at the start when you're first figuring it out and it's a bit mundane and your brain can play tricks on you thinking do you know what um you know i'm not sure about this niching down like I'm, i'm just gonna like i'm just gonna fence off everyone else who wants to work with me but actually it's the best thing you can do because once you once you niche down, what it actually is, is leveling up. Because, you know, online, if you go on YouTube or Instagram or Facebook, all them people are all hanging around in the same places. If you're if you're a pregnant mum, they're in the pregnant mum Facebook groups. If you're if you're a, 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 an online coach who's just started out, all them online coaches are in the same circles. They hang around together online. Um, and you'll see that in every single, every single niche. Yeah, there's like two massive things there. The niche down is 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 such an important one because if you're sticking with one target audience, it's not hard to create content for that specific audience because you just have that one person in your mind. Not only that, you can charge a little bit more because you are specific to that person or you do not work with anybody else yeah. and like something else we mentioned then about the cold stuff you have that paywall but you don't lead people to that paywall until they've got to know you like you and trust you and that's such a big thing especially for online people like i say when people reach out to us and want us to do ads for their online fitness business and they're like oh yeah here's my offer here's my sales page people are just going to buy it. it's like that's never never ever ever going to happen unless they know i like, can trust you which then comes on to content. So let's talk about content then. Do we have to create some sort of strategy, it sounds like it, from what you're talking about? Yeah, so once you've got, like, you've kind of just led into it nicely there. Once you've nailed that ideal client work and you know exactly who, you, who you're serving, what's going to happen is you're going to be able to create specific content that meets the deep needs and wants of them people. And they're going to look at that and go, this guy's for me. Oh, and it might just, it might just be in passing one day, and you might be in in a supermarket and just scrolling through Instagram and see something. Oh, I'll, I'll go back to that later, and then the next time you see it, it's like, oh, I'm gonna have a little dig dig around on their profile. Then all of a sudden, you find himself ten posts back, reading all your stuff. Then they're thinking, oh shit, this is this is literally for me. This this he is speaking about me. And how many times your clients come through the door and they're like? You're, you've been speaking about me lately. Like when I'm reading your stuff, you're talking exactly about me, and that's exactly what kind of what you want. Because when you do actually get them past the paywall and into your business, what will happen is your services could be so streamlined to that person that actually the work becomes a lot easier than what it would be if you've got ten different clients with ten different problems, and you're spreading yourself out everywhere, figuring out how to figure out how to solve all these problems, which is. <laughs> Um, and you're figuring out all these problems, which 
which is basically exhausting your house and it's taken away from other aspects of your business, which you, which you obviously don't want. Yeah, like you say, massively there. If you're servicing very different types of clients, not only have you got to create the content for one specific type of client, especially if you do course or challenges, mm. but then you've got a different type of client who's nowhere near. You've got a lady who wants to lose weight and you've got a guy that wants to gain muscle. You're going to have to create two completely separate bits of actual signed up content when they join. So it's going to make your life more difficult. Yeah, And that was me, Dave. That that was me. Like If, you, if we roll back for four or five years, that was me. I was creating so much content just for because i thought i had to sort of cater to so many different people and um it just it just wasn't wasn't sustainable and over the course of time i've made every mistake in the book with content and now i can create really specific content and actually because i'm good at it now and I'm, i've practiced in it what's happened is my whole content system and my creation system is actually takes me no more than four or five hours a week now, where it was taking 20 hours a week. So let me let me be a real pain here then, that well, you're telling me I need to niche down. So I enjoy training uh, over 40s guys who kind of want to get better, uh, better physique, look after their children, have more energy and so forth. That's kind of what you're telling me now. But now I've literally just reduced half my audience i've got all these ladies that i can't potentially work with i've got guys under 40 surely i'm losing out and missing out on these clients yeah no that's not the case at all simply because if you think name me if, like, let's use weight loss as an example you net look literally i think there was i think there was actually a survey done on this and for the amount of fit pros in the country in the uk for the amount of people who need who want to lose weight in the country, every single fit pro would have over six hundred clients. I did a post. I did a post on this a couple of months back. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think well, it might have been you that have seen it off actually. Yeah. And it was like, if if every fit pro in the country was fully booked with weight loss clients for the amount of people who want to lose weight in the country, they'd all have six hundred clients. Are you telling me that? every single personal trainer in the country can service 600 clients at once. It's not happening. Like it's, it's simply, unless you've got some mega automated system where you can service 600 clients in a challenge of some sort, realistically, that's not gonna happen, especially if you're, if you're face to face. <clears throat> so the opportunity there, especially online, in, this is in the UK online where you can service anyone in the world, whether it be in America, whether it be in the Middle East, whether it be in, Australia, there's unlimited potential for clients. Like you literally, every business can make seven figures and have fully booked businesses and have loads to spare. Like it's literally, you're never gonna run out. Um, and as long as there's a problem to solve there, it's never gonna run out. So actually what you're doing is going into that one market is not just helping you as a business, and you'll be able to scale that business because like you said, it, it, you can get a lot more specific with your resources, with the content that you're creating, with the service you're actually offering. And actually it's buying you time back as well. Uh, so yeah, you're not gonna work with these other people. And short term, short term, like in the next few months, if there's a few, like, if you wanna train women who wanna lose weight and then a few guys who wanna gain muscle come to you, yeah, you might have to take a bit of a knock, a couple of hundred quid here and there. But in the grand scheme of things, 
over the course of a year or two, you're going to be fully booked in that one niche and you're just going to be flying. Whereas if you're spreading yourself out, it's not going to last very long. Yeah. And it's, it, if you're concerned about it as well, something I want to definitely say is take our marketing, for example, at Fit Pro Lead Gen. We help gym owners, boot camps, and studios generate more leads. Yet 30% of all our portal members are online clients. Even though we categorically say, like, we, we don't help online clients. We have like 30% of our clients online. So posting your content out there, being specific, you don't have to rule these people out. People will naturally just gravitate towards you. Oh, yeah. It's up to you to make that decision. Do you want to include them or do you want to be super specific and say, no, I'm only working with this one yeah. specific type of person? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I was doing it, I had a, I had a 30 day challenge for more. It was called a Super Mum Challenge. It was a 30-day Super Mum Challenge. And it was basically a kickstart into fat loss. So it was designed to get your first £10 off. Um, and then after that 30-day challenge, they had the option to work with me one-to-one. -one. But sometimes their husbands will come along and be like, oh, do you train men as well? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I can do. But it's not really who I'm working with. But it was at my discretion whether we were done or not. Then, and I, but what it, but what it gave me was the freedom to choose. Yeah. 100%. Whereas before, when you, when you're in a sort of that scarcity mindset, of, I just need to get any clients I can through the door, just so anyone would basically pay me any money. It becomes, it becomes a bit of a rat race, and it, it you're just gonna, it's a recipe for disaster, and it's gonna, it's a recipe for burnouts. And okay, so. I need to jump back into this content one because you've you've kind of let's say you've just scared me. I am a uh, I'm a single parent. Okay, I've got my own studio, uh, but I've got to look after the kids. I've got one staff. I'm always busy. And you just mentioned five ten minutes ago that your new content strategy now takes you just five hours a week to create this content. I literally don't have five hours a week to be able to create content. I've got maybe an hour hour and a half max. What type of strategy should we be aiming for to create in that time that also hits my niche, covers through all the barriers to kind of get them to a confident enough to buy and reach out? Yeah, that's a really good question, actually. So there's two things you can do there, which I'll, which I'll dive into. So the first is content repurposing. Now, content repurposing is a really, really, really effective way to not only cut your time down with content, but actually make the content that's working live longer. So basically, with content repurposing, people think it's, oh, I'm just going to repost a post from six months ago. Now, not the case at all. So if you talk uh, an Instagram reel, which is a video, obviously, if you talk uh, a photo and you talk a carousel, you can literally spin them three things through each other. So on the reel, Next week, you could post the same content, but as a carousel. The next week, you could post it as a written post and then basically skim through it. Makes sense. So straight away, you've got three pieces of content over three weeks hmm. from one piece. Yeah. And so just jump in there really quickly. Facebook show your content on your page now to about 3 to 4% of your whole audience. So you've got 100 people that like your page. Only three to four people are going to see that post. Yeah. So content re repurposing like is such a great strategy because 
and then you post it again in two weeks' time, and another three to four people yeah. are going to see it. So you have to. Like, I think most people are presuming just that. Like people think, oh, I can't post so much, I can't post twice a day. But you're think you're in the mindset of people are seeing every single post that you put on. They're not. If you post ten posts a week, whether that be reels, carousels, photos, people think that they're going to see all in ten. That you're not going to see ten posts. Like I follow FitPro Legion really closely, and I probably see a few times a week. I follow other creators really closely, and they post way more than I do maybe 10, 15 times a week, I might see three of them posts. And it's not until I actually dig into the profile and go and physically view the post myself that I'm going to see them. And that's where content repurposing really comes into its own. Because what you can do as well is you can see what's working well, see what's got a lot of engagement on. Like I recently had an Instagram reel that just for some reason just took off, got like 600,000 views. Um, whereas my average view count at the moment is a couple of thousand. Uh, got up to 600,000. So I know for some reason that's, that's engaged a lot of people. What I can do then is I can repurpose that post into something else and figure out what's working and then post more of that stuff. Because if people like it once, they're probably going to like it over and over again. So if a lot of people are seeing it, it goes into the Explore page. Once it goes into the Explore page, it goes to more, their audience a bit more. And that's what the algorithm likes. It's like, take care of your followers first, then get into the explore page. Once it's in the explore page, then you can obviously get seen by more people, your followers grow, and then it's just kind of like builds yeah. out from there. Concept repurposing, for anybody that's still a little bit not convinced about concept repurposing or concept recycling, go and buy an episode of Men's Health and then go and buy the last couple of months' episodes of Men's Health and try and tell us that the content's in those magazines are not more or less the same, but with a slight different spin. 100%. 100%. (laughs) And, and like, over the course of even a few weeks, things can change. Like, the Instagram algorithm can change. Like, it's not up to us when it changes. Or the Facebook algorithm might change. Like, over the next few months, Instagram reels are probably going to die down a little bit in terms of reach. That's my prediction, anyway. So Instagram can just do it like that. They, they can just turn, turn the knobs or whatever they do of the algorithm to make it better or worse. But you've got, just got to play to it. you basically just got to play to what they say. Um, and the best way to do that at the moment is figure out what's working, make more of what's working, repurpose some old stuff. So figure out what worked well a month ago, repurpose that again, put a new little spin on it, go again. Put a new little spin on it, go again. Um, and it, it works, it, it works all the time. And you're going to create, like, I think from one post, I got, I think I got about eight to 10 pieces of content from one post. Mm. It's quite easily done. In fact, I might do a video training on that, actually. Because it's, it's so easy. Like, you might, you have like your five main philosophies to losing weight or something, whatever, whatever your topic is on. Then all you do is repurpose it for Christmas for New Year, for getting ready for the summer, for after summer, for October. You just repurpose the same thing. And then if you wanted to, you take one of those aspects and write a little bit more of it. And then, you know what I mean? Like you say, you're just creating so many different pieces for one thing. Okay, so one, 
content repurposing. What was the second thing you were going to dive into? Yeah, so the second thing is um, you can actually you can actually do that for the same thing, but through uh, service offerings as well. So the content you're actually creating around your services. So, for example, if you had a thirty day challenge, that could be centered around, uh, let's say, in January, New Year, New Me, February, Valentine's Day. March, uh, Cheltenham races, uh, April, Easter, May, lead up to summer, uh, June and July, summer bod, uh, August, uh, kids go back to school in September. Like every single month, there's going to be something there where you can theme your service on. Yeah. The content that you're creating for that stuff is the same content necessarily same as your offer you you basically your coaching offer or your service offer is pretty much the same but just spun into what is happening at a particular time of the year mm. um so the contents actually could be an email it could be uh, a video it could be um a, a carousel it could be a, a, a standard photo but what's happening is every single time is you always put a new spin on that for the time of year that you're in. So the content actually is in its message, in its, in its purest message form is the same. But in the grand scheme of it, people aren't noticing that it's the same because you've got, uh, you, you, you've basically done it for the, whatever's happening at that particular time of the year. How do you do that though? And that comes from, a really easy exercise for someone to do for content if they can't like sort of get into the content mindset or, or creative mindset really easy task for you to do is make a list from start to finish of what people are struggling with so again if we use weight loss and weight loss as an example that could be okay uh, i've got to take the kids to school every day i don't have time to make breakfast i don't have time to hit uh, a, a class in the morning because my school runs 30 minutes away. I don't have time to prep lunch because after that, I've got to go into work for four hours. After that, I've got to pick the kids up from school. Da, da, da. So you've got basically a list of problems there. Take them problems and flip them around into how-tos. So for example, how to make breakfast in five minutes, easy recipes for breakfast, um, how to... Do a hit workout pre-post-school uh, run that can be done instead of your class. So then problems that people are facing every single day get flipped around into, oh, there's a solution. Oh, there's a solution. And when people are seeing these solutions through your content, they're thinking, oh, there's nothing left to solve. There's actually nothing left to solve other than sign up. I'm only going to get access to all that stuff if I sign up. Hmm. So actually, you've took these, like, Literally, it could be endless, could be 50 pieces of like problem content and objections that people might have about signing up to this thing. And you're basically just flip them around. So it's like, uh, I don't have time to make, to prep my meals. How to prep meals in 10, 10 minutes a day? You literally just flip it around. Uh, and then what happens is once you've created the content, you start rolling through it and repurposing it over and over again. They're seeing that content over and over and over again. And they're thinking, oh, there's actually nothing left to solve now other than jump onto the program. Okay, 
so let me put a small span in the works again. You've mentioned reels and stories and all this type of stuff, but I'm just really good at writing and I get loads of pictures of my clients working out. So I generally just do picture with text. But you're talking about videos and stories and reels and stuff. Surely that's just for the kids. Like I don't have time to create all this stuff. Is it? Is it really easy or is it quite complex? Actually, camera confidence is a real thing. And speaking into a camera can be quite daunting. A really good exercise that I've used with clients and I try and get people to do is in the morning, first thing, as soon as you get up in the morning, whether it be uh, having a cup of coffee, whether it be walking the kids to school and you get your phone in your hand, whether it be uh, you are sitting in Costa Coffee and you've just got your phone, whatever it is, really good exercise is put your phone on, front-facing camera, as if you're taking a selfie, and then just start speaking into the camera. It doesn't, it's not for the intention of posting online or anything like that. Just start speaking. And it could be something as simple as, what are you doing during that day? I'm going to take the kids to school and then I'm going to go to work and then I'm going to have my lunch and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do that. And what happens is you'll probably speak for about 45 seconds to a minute and then you'll probably get a lot tangled up on your words a little bit. Do that every day. And what you'll notice is every day you'll be able to speak unbroken a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And it'll get to the point where you're quite confident in just how long you can speak and what you're saying is the camera. And if you're really good at like writing an email, writing emails or really good at writing copy, uh, I was actually the other way around. I was really good at the creative stuff. Wasn't so good at the copy. But actually, it works both ways. Speaking to the camera and going through different frameworks in my head of going through it actually really helped me write stuff down and get it on paper. If you, if you can get it on paper, it's literally just reading it, like re literally read it into the camera. Um, and speak it because in order to get something on paper, you've got to sort of spill it out of your head almost. If you can verbalize that, then even better. But there's, there's specific exercises that you can do to get into that flow stage. Nice, nice. Okay. So niche down, get confidence, create the content specific for our clients, uh, start creating the content, start repurposing get confident with using a mixture of different types of content. Is there anything we've missed? So, so the co your content has, has a job. So what this is what I always say, Mar marketing in general, or content specifically, it, the content's job is to get the audience to take the next logical step, and that's it. So the next logical step is if someone's unaware, if someone's like unaware of the problem and they don't even know, that content's job is to take someone from unaware to being aware. That's it. You're not you're not trying to get them to buy off here. You're not trying to give them a really strong call to action or anything like that. You're literally just trying to get them from aware to unaware. Uh, unaware to aware. When you get to, uh, so they're aware, it's okay. Now they know they've got a problem. How can I solve that problem? So you unaware, you go to aware, they're aware they've got a problem. The next piece of content is how can I solve that problem? What's the solution? This is where people are scouting around a little bit. 
Then they become product aware, which is obviously, you know, this like product aware, which is, okay, I'm aware I've got a problem. I know how to solve it. Now you kind of scout around for what's the best solution for me. So they might have three or four trainers that they've got in mind or three or four coaches that they've got in mind. Okay, why is this person the best one for me? Then you go to then you go to the content, which is the more call to action style content, and the more direct stuff. Uh, and you've just got to basically hit content at each of them, each of them stages. Yeah. That's that's the journey that your content should take your audience on. And ultimately, the end point is signing up to your business. You know, if I come to you, Dave, and I want some lead gen stuff and ads running for me, I know that that your content has took me from being totally unaware that I had to run ads to being fully aware that ads are the best way for me to go now. And you and you you do a really good job of that, to be fair. Without blowing the smoke backside. Like and coaches and business owners especially are not aware of this stuff and and it's to the detriment because what they end up as is really unfocused, really disillusioned with social media, um, putting out content which is not hitting the mark and not speaking to anyone. And it becomes a real big issue. Hmm. So that's what create so that's what creative impact is about. It's about taking people to from really unfocused, really disillusioned and unclear and having no clarity around things to being very specific, speaking to one person, creating the frameworks around that, putting content through that framework, uh, building out action plans and setting goals through your content and ultimately getting more leads and sales into your business. Uh, And then obviously repurposing that stuff for future use. Yeah. Like you say, the buyer's journey, you need to go and research this stuff. Buyer's journey is key. Like some people don't even know they've got an issue. Like you said, you make them aware of the issue and then you start showing impossible fixes and then it's all about getting to you. So there's certain things. It's not just what you can do for them. They need to get to know you. Like you say, when they get to that point of they need to now make that change and there's three or four other trainers out there, they're not just going to pick the trainer who gets the best results all the time and looks like the Hulk or something they might be looking for someone that can they can have a laugh and a joke with or they might be looking for someone very specific so make sure you have a, a mixture of both so the final question i have for you then because you mentioned earlier every week it will take you five hours of to create your content roughly do we create them all on a sunday afternoon or do we as the week goes by and things are happening, like I've just had this call with you. Let's do a quick video about this. About this, do we do it in one go or do we kind of go as the? I I am a big proponent of batch creating. I I like it. Now, some people, and I suppose there is no right or wrong with this. Some people do like creating, sort of on the spot, waking up feeling inspired and going and creating something and putting it out there. Me personally. I personally like batch creating. So I will spend f- from nine o'clock till two o'clock on a Monday, as soon as I get up, as soon as my week starts creating. I just find that's when I'm at my creative best. Um, I've got loads of ideas bouncing around my head over the weekend and I just kind of go and create it there and then. I do have a strategy behind it. I do have content pillars. I don't just randomly make stuff for the sake of it. There is content pillars that I work off there is a framework that I work off. But ultimately, creativity is what it is. It's it's creative. 
So you can you go and you create the stuff that works best, but it only works best if you know your audience and you know who you're speaking to, because otherwise it's just going to speak to no one. That's definitely me. Sunday night in Starbucks, I go there for three hours and do all my social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, was speaking, <laughs> I was speaking to Tanya Fowler about this the other day. Like, she basically said, like, I, over years and years and years of honing this stuff, she can create like a month's worth of content in a couple of hours, which is amazing because she has got that stuff nailed to a T. She, she knows who her people are. She knows who she works best with. And she can create content around that stuff because she knows that person best than they know themselves. Like, mm. one thing one thing I'd add to that is, I used to love surveys. I, I love surveys. I still love surveys now. But sometimes surveys don't work as best as what you think they could because sometimes the people answering them surveys don't even know they've got the problems to start with. So they can't logically answer something if they don't know they've got a problem with it, if that makes sense. Mm. So... I do surveys with current clients as they go along the journey rather than audi- an audience who may not know that they've got a problem to start with. Uh, yeah, that's what it yeah. is. Yeah, I think surveys are one of those things we get to a different topic, like just go for ratings one to five rather than open answer because you could be there for open answer all <laughs> I know. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So if there's anybody watching this who's quite interested now in um, content and strategy and all this type of stuff, where can they learn a little bit more about what it is you do then? Yeah, so if you go to uh, Instagram, I'm at the underscore hasty creative. Uh, I put loads of stuff out every single week. Um, You can join my uh, free Facebook group, uh, which I put loads of creative stuff out every single week, which is a bit more uh, exclusive to the group. Otherwise, like other, giving other people a shout out, go and visit your own page, Dave. Like your FitPro uh, lead gen, your Facebook group is awesome. And um, there's loads of different groups that you can join. Um, but yeah, like I'm putting loads of stuff out at the moment. Uh, really valuable stuff. Uh, and I, I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of like not leaving anything on the table. You know, give the value up front. Uh, and people people will pay for your time and your, and your guidance. You know where I keep seeing you actually is on LinkedIn. Yeah. 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 LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Do you know what? Right. Here's a little tip for anyone watching. At the moment, so social media is basically pay to play. You know this for your business. 10 years ago, if you went on Facebook business pages, the reach was unbelievable. Then as time went on, it became pay to play because everyone was doing it. And then Instagram came out and you got loads of reach on Instagram. And then that became pay to play because everyone was doing it. Then TikTok came out and you get this big reach on TikTok because no one's no one's using TikTok. So what they do is they let everyone get this enormous reach so everyone will start posting loads of content on there. As soon as that gets to a certain level, what they'll do is they'll make it pay to play, right? If you want that reach now, you're going to have to pay for it. And where online right now can you go where you're going to get loads and loads of reach for free? LinkedIn and Pinterest. Pinterest is really underrated for creatives, especially. If you're creating graphics and carousels, get on Pinterest. People love it. And you're going to get a ton of reach, like a a serious lot of reach. 
and also LinkedIn. If you're commenting and networking like and using the platform like it should be, LinkedIn is, you know, it's a bit of a, I always find it's a bit, it's not the easiest platform to navigate, but if you can do it right, you're going to get a ton of reach. Um, so that's a little good tip for you. Nice. Steve, appreciate you coming on today. Thank you for your time. And I'm guessing everybody watching this probably making notes like, oh, okay, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take your Literally, time. Once, once you nail this stuff, it, it, it might sound from the outside like it's confusing or it might sound from the outside like it can be this big mammoth task that you've got to do every week. But once you nail that system, you can literally streamline it so it really serves you well. Love it. Appreciate you coming on today. We'll probably see you again in another couple of months when you're yeah. ready. <laughs> thanks, mate. Thanks, for, mate. thanks, mate, for having me on. I appreciate it. No worries, mate. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Peace to you, mate. Okay, so that was Steve coming on to share a little bit about creative impact and different types of ways that we can generate new fresh leads into our fitness business using different types of content and creating content specific for everybody at each part of their journey and actually just letting them know that maybe they need to actually start this journey to build them up, to build the trust, to then convince them to move on and purchase your program. So one of those interviews, we probably want to go back, make some notes, start over again and really take on board some of the stuff that Steve was talking about and start implementing some of the great work. Anyway, I'm going to leave it there for today. Hope you've enjoyed this week's show. If you want to know more, do leave your messages in the comment and I'll speak to you all very soon. Cheers.